damn Power doesn't always bring peace Power doesn't always bring peace Power doesn't always bring peace, yeah Power doesn't always bring peace Power doesn't always bring peace Power doesn't always bring peace, yeah As I head on with the right movement Making improvement Moments of disbelief knowing that I'm still a student What's up y'all and welcome back to another episode of Abstract Convos with your host, Jay Morales On today's episode, I will be speaking with Kathy Garcia. Now she is a um, she was a member of the Air Force. Also, she is a air traffic control specialist. So, with no further ado, welcome, Kathy. Thanks. Thank you, Julian. Oh, you're, you're welcome. You're you're more than welcome. Anytime. I was I was so glad when you uh, when you agreed to be on this, to me, it was uh, really special. Um, I think you got a lot of cool things that you might want to say to people. So um, how did how was it that you actually got, got started in the whole uh, air traffic control uh, thing? Well, I first learned about air traffic control when I was in high school. Uh, my, I think it was my sophomore, my junior year, I got hired on at the air traffic center in Longmont for okay. a data entry okay. position. And yeah, so I basically just input like all the data into, you know, as far as our payroll goals and stuff for the controllers. And when I was thinking about joining the military, I didn't know what I wanted to do um, when I joined. And so then they kind of coached me into looking into our traffic. Um, So they would show me. I could go up and listen to the controllers, you know, talk to the pilots and stuff. Um, and what air traffic control really is, is like, um, we're responsible for the safety flow um, of the air traffic system. So all the pilots flying in the sky, um, we get them to their destinations, move them for weather, traffic, um, and making sure everybody, you know, gets from point A to point B safely and on time um, for their next flights. And that's Sweet. how I learned about it was through that job in high school because I had no idea what control was. I hadn't even heard of one at that before that, to be honest. Um, so that, that's was, pretty. That's a pretty good little. Uh, uh, I mean, spot that you landed on then, because that's that's a pretty good job, ain't it? It is. It's a wonderful job. Um, I love my. I love it. I mean, I love the job. It's never boring. Um, we do work shift work, so but it comes with the territory. Um, but yeah, I mean it's a great job. You know, every day is different. You know, you get different circumstances, and you go home and come back, and it's a new shift. And you know, some days you don't know what to expect, and it's definitely something for those people who like or adrenaline junkies. You definitely get your fill there. <laughs> Sweet. Okay, so uh, I mean, I, you kind of went into it already. You kind of explained it a little bit. But what are so when you're controlling the uh, destination of the of the uh, of the pilots where the airplane's going? Um, how exactly do you guys coordinate the stuff? How do you know what latitude and what uh you know what height each plane? Because obviously there has to be some planes that are going higher higher than others so that they don't crash, right? Or is that just something that that they just all go at the same uh, latitude? Uh, you know what I'm saying, height, but you guys got to coordinate which one passes by at exact exact time, or how does that work? 
Yeah, so pretty much every flight plan, and depending on the plane, you know, will depend on how high they go. Um, yeah. So your commercial airplanes will usually be, for the most part, in the 30s or 30,000 feet and above. Um, okay. So when I talk to them, I'll have a flight plan on them. So it'll basically just tell me, like, their, you know, their road trip, per se, in the mm-hmm. sky. And then from there, I can, you know, shortcut them. Because I'm wearing a headset, so we're talking all through radio. So I wear the headset and tell them where to go. You know, so if they go, usually they already know their flight plan going. And sometimes, like, if it's beneficial for me and the airplane, I'll give them a shortcut. So sometimes when you get there faster, you know, than your designated arrival time, usually it's either you got a shortcut, the winds were in your favor, um, and you were, like, hitting a tailwind the whole way. Okay. Get you, get you. So that helps okay. get the airplanes. And so it's a lot of coordination. It's a huge, you know, national airspace system. And so we see the weather traject for thousands of miles. So pretty much when the storms are brewing up in the sky, we already have an idea where it's at. And so when the pilots have a flight plan that is going to take them through it, we usually start by, as soon as we can, start getting them to go to a place around it. So we will take them off of their flight plan and guide them towards another way so they can get around the weather or through the weather, depending on how fast the weather is moving. Oh, sweet. So, I mean, you know what? This is the first time I've ever heard of an airplane having also shortcuts, you know? <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty so awesome. That That is awesome. Yeah, so they can have shortcuts, you know, kind of like, you know, when you take your shortcut in your car, but it's in the plane. Right, right, right. Yeah, so, so, I mean... So it's like Go ahead. I'm, I'm... sky. So just like okay. roadmaps for, you know, traveling on the road, they have the exact right. same thing for airplanes. Okay. Okay. So do they have, I mean, <laughs> this is going to be a, a, a silly question, but do they have like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we have a, uh, like a certain speed that we have to, you know, go abide by do they have something similar up in the sky you know when they're operating their their airplanes and so they do each aircraft has its optimal speed that they like to perform at okay for the most part we let them fly at whatever speed they want unless and that comes into situations like so if i have like a small plane that can only do like 300 knots and he's at the same altitude as another airplane that's 100 knots well, that one's going to catch up to him. So usually in that case, I'll usually move the lower airplane, the slower one, or the higher airplane if he wants to take a different altitude um, to get that. And we assign speeds when they're coming in for like Denver. When we start lining up the airplanes for Denver, it's, right. that's when we assign the speeds. So then we're, they're given a speed that they have to maintain until another controller oh. tells them otherwise. Sweet. Okay. Damn. That's crazy. Okay. That, that that is awesome. Honestly, to me, this is this is like very interesting. Um. So so, how many crafts do you coordinate all at one time? So, on an average day during a busy session, um, everybody will average out having almost about twenty airplanes. Wow. <clears throat> and you know, and that can fluctuate. You know, when you have like. Um, spaces of like slow times because it's pretty similar to traffic you know you have your busy Mm -hmm. morning pushes your midday 
your evening and then like one in the middle of the night, like where the final box haulers are going, FedEx, UPS. Right. 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 So, yeah. So during like a normal, like busy flow, everyone's working between probably an average of 20. Wow. So does, I bet that gets kind of hectic, right? I mean, it's kind of like you got to watch all these coordinations and kind of be careful of where you rem- kind of remember of where you're telling certain airplanes to go and, and stuff like that, right? Yes, you definitely have to remember where they're going, their flight plans and stuff. And if they turn, you know, some airplanes have like a turn in or flight plan. And you have to definitely be aware of those with your other traffic. Um, yeah. To avoid, you know, a conflict happening. Right, yeah, right. So you definitely oh, have to oh. be on your toes. And so um, it is definitely fast paced. And, you know, memory is a big thing of it too. Getting everybody going, staying on top of it. Um, and issuing all your clearances properly and clearly. Because here back, so back this... is a really big thing. Right, right. No, yeah, yeah. Um, so then basically what you're saying is for those people that have bad memories, you might want to look for something different, right? <laughs> right. Like, there's things you can do to help your memory, for sure. You know, like there's yeah. a lot of, you know, there's, you know, it's amazing a lot of, there's a lot of games out there that really enhance your memory skills as far as that short-term memory goes. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely, you know, it's something everybody I think can learn. Mm-hmm. It definitely takes a certain personality type to actually execute the job, but I mean, it's an, and they do off street hiring for people with no experience. They open that up. Awesome. About probably almost 20 years ago that's pretty awesome they have they throw it out to the public and they screen you for it so you do a series of tests you know and depending on what you score and all that you know and then they go through their selection and then they'll give you all the training provided for it okay and what i mean you mentioned having a kind of a personality that that it kind of takes to do this kind of job what kind of personality personality would you uh say that that is it's definitely your type A personalities. Okay. Meaning? Um, type A personality is like outgoing, you know, assertive, executing. Okay. Because you definitely have to execute the job. Because, I mean, I've seen people, we do have, it's about a 50% success rate. Mm-hmm. And so you get a mix of people. You get people that are very awesome at the books and they memorize like you know all your laws all your you know all your rules and they get that but right. then when it comes to executing so you have to be very good at handling stress okay okay i get you that's a kicker it's like you know handling stress because you're dealing with multiple airplanes thousands of lives and some people would you know kind of like have that stage fright you know once they had the mic and they had to be the one issuing the actual control instruction Right, right, right. I get you. People would be like awesome at the books. And then in the performance part, it was like they would, you know, just the nerves. Right. Get them. Right. You know what? I'm I'm kind of the the, the, what you're kind of explaining, because when it comes to books, I might not be the best. But when it comes to executing, I think that's where my success comes in. (laughs) So I'm not (laughs) to have, you know, because and then you get other people that, you know, are awesome at executing. And they get it and yeah. they just do it, you know? It, it's kind of, it kind of, that's crazy because it kind of similar to the uh, whole uh, 
industry that I was in for a long time, which was, uh, I was not a welder, but I was like within the welders group. Uh-huh. And, um, there's a lot of people that would pass their test based off of just their knowledge. But when it came to actually doing the job of welding, they couldn't do it, you know? So it's like some people, I know what you're saying when you, when you talk about that, cause some people are book smart. Some people are just ready smart. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like they're just, just going to do the job. They just know how to do it, but they're not book smart per se. Right. Like, yeah, and that's definitely this kind of thing, you know, it's like the execution is like a big, big piece of it. Right, I get you. Okay, okay, that's awesome. Now, have you met any, um, like, have you met any pilots that have been kind of rude or, you know, like, I, I know, I know that we're all people, so it fluctuates, but like, what's, would you say the majority of them are pretty cool or would you say the majority of them are eh, kind of rude you know the majority of the pilots are actually you know are very cool you know our job is is really based on that blind trust you know i mean i probably will never see all of the pilots that i've talked to on the radio right and so it's Mm -hmm. a big deal of trust you know them trusting me that i'm looking at all of my information the weather other aircraft around them you know where they need to go and and i'm trusting them that when i do issue an instruction that they follow it and we do have times, right. you know, where we do have pilots that are, you know, a bit, oh, I don't want to do that, you know. And then if I can afford another option, you know, I can offer it. And if I can't, well, then at the end of the day, they have to do what I say. And Right. So everybody, everybody looks at these pilots like they're, they're the best. And don't get me wrong. That's awesome to, to have a job like that, to be able to do that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, they just have to listen to you. <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, they have to yeah. listen to us. And- <laughs> You know, and sometimes there's cases where they're really upset, where they really did not like, you know, what they had to do or whatever. And, you know, we just give them a phone number and they can call and express their concerns. And then, you know, it gets managed through that channel if it needs to. Right. Um, But yeah, but for the most part, we have very few incidences like that. Um, You do have them, but that's not a lot. Sweet. All right. That's that, honestly, Kathy, this is to me, this is really interesting. Like, this is awesome because uh, like, OK, so th- there's two there's there's several reasons why I started this podcast. It was I mean, honestly, I, I, I want to I like I love hearing stories. I'm not I'm not good at small talk. I like like this, having a conversation where you get to hear about people's stories and stuff like that. Right. Right. But also, like, I think we need these kind of stories to be put out there because everybody wants to hear about these celebrities and and all this stuff but what about us people that do the actual jobs you know like i'm an electrician you're doing this and we're doing the services for for people that are you know that need them and i think it's awesome to hear these these stories so i I, like i said i'm really thankful that you're uh doing this and i think it's it's really interesting thank you oh no thank you and it is and i and i agree with you i think more people you don't need to hear it you know because a lot of people don't have you know, the connection or know somebody that does something like that. And they don't even know it's an opportunity that they can tap into. Um, right. To take right. It. Like I said, like for me, like had I not got that job there, like seriously, I don't know if I would have ever known about it. Right. So that's why when, when I got in contact with you and you told me what you did, I was like, oh, that's uh, that's so awesome. How often do you get to meet somebody that does this kind of stuff? You know what I mean? Right. Because it is very few, you know in the grand scheme of the population, there's not very many people that do, you know, do this job. And it's not widely known. Right, right, right. You don't right. hear about the pilots. Very rarely do you hear about the controllers. 
Right, exactly, exactly, yeah. And you know what? I seen this movie. It's a, it's an older movie. I don't know if you if you might have seen it. I, I believe it has a uh, Tom Cruise in it. I, I I don't remember exactly who's in it, but they have a movie based off of this where they control the airplanes and stuff like that. So just seeing the stuff that they kind of did in the movie, I was like, man, that's crazy. That's a crazy uh, career to have, you know? Yeah. So that's one. There's there's been quite a few movies that have come out. Like Pushing Ten came out. I think in the late nineties, pushing 10 and that had, um, Angelina Jolie in it. And I can't remember, think of his name right now. It was her husband, Billy Bob, Billy Bob Thornton. He was in it. And oh, okay. I think the most recent one that I heard of was Sully, the movie Sully, the guy, the, he was the pilot that landed the aircraft in the Hudson. Oh, with, uh, Tom Hanks. Right. Is that the movie where him? the pilot is? I, I really don't. Honestly, I, I don't know about the newer one, but I think I have seen the one that you were talking about with Angel, Angelina Jolie. I think that was the one that I was referring to. Um, but honestly, like like I said, I have more of, of a connection to this kind of talk than to the celebrities because I their world is a whole different world from ours. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a very different world, you know, and um you know, and there's a lot of other, like you said, other opportunities and other things that you can bring awareness to, you know, that's an opportunity for anybody, you know, and in my field for air traffic, um, from what I've learned being, I mean, I've been doing it 20 years already and mm -hmm. it's pretty cool hearing people's story as to how they got into the field. It is like all across the spectrum. Like you have people that are families that their parents or grandparents everyone comes from like this lineage of air traffic controllers and then you have other people like me that it was like something that completely out of the blue fell on your lap and we just went with it that's so awesome you got you, you got like the perfect thing just like like it just fell into your lap but it was like the most perfect thing that's awesome that's awesome to hear um are you kind of would you kind of recommend it to your kids if they wanted to do it in the future oh absolutely yeah um, I do recommend it to my daughter. Well, she's only going to be 15, but I recommend it to any young person out there to look into it because it's definitely, you know, it's an awesome career. A shift work, I mean, it isn't suitable for everybody, but um, right. I mean, it's all I've known forever. And But the job is great. I mean, the pay is great. You know, your benefits. I mean, it's a very stable position. Does it does it kind of? I'm sorry to cut you off. Um, does it kind does it help to have multiple languages with this job? With this job, um, it helps to a degree, but since English is a um, universal air traffic language, um, right. That's oh. what they use. Right. Right, right. Okay, I get you. No, I, I was just wondering because, you know, like certain jobs, like, hey, you know, if you have different languages that you know, that might help. You know what I'm saying? So I just thought I'd ask it. Yeah. Yeah, it's not um, required for this job. I mean, it does help occasionally, but I think I've only used, like, I mean, because I speak, you know, I'm bilingual in Spanish. Um, I've only had to right. speak to a pilot in Spanish maybe once. Oh, okay. Okay. Um. So kind of since you kind of touched up on the fact that you that you know Spanish, um, has there? I mean, in the Air Force, what what branch were you in in the Air Force? I was first of all, um, I was in the Air Force, so that was the branch that I joined. 
um, mm -hmm. for the air traffic was Air Force. And um, for Spanish speaking in the Air Force, they do have an aptitude test that um, you can take. And then, you know, they it's like an incentive pay. So if you pass it and then they oh, use okay. you, they end up, you know, giving you an assignment to use your Spanish, um, you get the incentive pay. That is awesome because that's just what I was going to ask you about. So, like, in the Air Force, did it kind of help out that you were bilingual? You just answered it. So, that's awesome. Yeah, it did. Um, I, it did. I did not know that about the Air Force. Yeah, so if you have, you know, an extra, like, a skill, like, language, um, yeah, it definitely helps. So, like, from my experience, um, I was air traffic most of the time. And when I took the Spanish aptitude test, um, I had passed it. And then they had um, offered me a temporary linguist position in dc mm -hmm. in washington dc so i got to go out there for six months and that was all i did was just translate spanish documents awesome did you did you like that or was it was it something that you were just like hey, i'm just gonna do it no i did i liked it it was a really cool assignment um it was a great time and dc was a, was a great place to be um especially when you're younger um and I enjoyed it. You know, you learned a lot, especially in the different dialects, because, the, the, you know, the documents we were using were mainly South American. So their Spanish oh, is okay. slightly different than ours. So it was kind of cool learning, like, you know, their dialect and learning that aspect. And it was awesome. Like, I liked it. And that is awesome. That is so awesome. I mean, people don't understand this, but there are so many people are like, oh, they just speak Spanish. It's all the same. No, it's it's is there's it's like night and day difference between uh Mexican Spanish, uh Guatemalan Spanish, Salvadoran. Each one has its own like little like you said dialect. It's like here in the U.S. where you you find somebody from the South that speaks a whole different way that us in the Midwest or uh, people in the you know northern part of the country you know speak. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, it's definitely different. People people who are bilingual and especially with the Spanish, I'm just like, gosh, the world is yours. Seriously. I'm like, there is so many opportunities out there for you on a wide range of areas that, you know, you could tap into that. I mean, Spanish is like the second, I believe it is the second majority as far as languages go, you know, especially right. in the Western but hemisphere. Right, right, right. You know what? Honestly, every job I've been, I've been in, it, Spanish has come into, into you know, like I, I've had to use my Spanish in some type of way, you know what I'm saying? And I'm so thankful, super thankful that, well, first of all, Spanish was my first language, you know? So obviously I know it and obviously I could communicate with people when they don't know the best uh, English. And I am super thankful because it's helped me out so much and when I've been in, you know, doing jobs or, you know, doing something just in a normal day basis that, I've even translated for people at stores, you know what I mean? It's not a big deal to me. I'm like, I feel I feel great that I could actually help people that way, you know? No, absolutely. It's like a great thing to look into. And something else for, you know, people listening that are bilingual in the thing, another thing to maybe add to your belt if it interests you. You know, as far as federally, you can get federally certified to become a translator. Right. To become right. a translator. Right. And, you know, you could get, you know, jobs on the side just translating for people. Because, you know, the True, I've actually... and all that, you know, they have to have a certified translator. You know, now you can't take your aunt or your cousin or anybody to translate for you. You know, now right. they have a court-appointed official do it. And, 
you know, they offer the test. I think it's once a year or twice a year. Mm-hmm. And you can pay whatever the fee is for the study materials and you can study it and take it. Awesome. See, so everybody listening, if you guys, if you guys are kind of interested in something like that, that's something you might want to look into because I kind of did a little research. Um, I'm more hands on. I like to be doing stuff, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's, I've looked into it, but I ultimately I chose a different uh, path, but that's something definitely somebody that that's more, uh, into help, like being in front of people, helping them that way, that that's something they might want to look into. So that's awesome that you even mentioned that. Oh yeah. I mean, there's a lot of opportunities out there, you know, and sometimes, you know, like you say, we don't know, you know what I mean? Like for me, getting right. to know these people was crucial when I joined the military because on my initial thought was I was going to go under an open general contract because I didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Right, and right. And, you know, they, you know, because I, I mean, I didn't, I was the first person in my family to join the military. I'm first generation as well. And so for me, having that guidance was like, awesome like they're like my earth angels i'm just like i wouldn't be where i'm at without their guidance you know what kathy when i first met you i thought you were uh caucasian i thought you were white i guess so (laughs) yeah so uh what do you know what part of mexico or you know of those countries is uh, your family's from yeah my family's from chihuahua okay okay Uh, you know what That, that makes a lot of sense because uh there's a ton of people from Chihuahua that are light skinned. That's that's where, where me and my family are from, from yeah. Chihuahua. So we're uh, the same way. I have a lot of like you see my nephews and they're really all light skinned, you know, like my whole family. But uh, yeah, you see a lot of people from there that are really light skinned. And um, like I said, I, when I first seen you, I was like, how does she know Spanish so well? Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's I was cool. like, this is awesome. Yeah, my family's from Chihuahua. Okay. Okay. That's awesome. So when we speak about, when we're talking about having different dialects from like South America and stuff like that, you know exactly what I mean then. Cause, uh, I have a ton, I have a ton of friends that are, um, from the, you know, South America, which would be Guatemala, Salvador. I have some friends that are from uh, Chile. I have some friends that are from, um, uh, uh, what is that? Uh, Costa Rica. So, um, they all speak different, honestly. Yeah, they all do. And- yeah, yeah, for sure. And and I've got to say that the hardest one that I've ran into for me, for me, was the, I said the Puerto Rican one, honestly. They speak super, super fast. Yeah, they speak really fast and a lot of words mean different things. I have a good friend of mine who's Puerto Rican. Oh, yeah. And when we talk Spanish, there's plenty of times that we have to, like, stop each other. I'm like, okay, for me, it <laughs> means this. What does that mean for you? And then, like, she'll tell me. I'm like, okay, so it's kind of different. <laughs> Right, right, right. I'm going to give one one little example of, uh, I have a Spanish friend, like, meaning he's from Spain, right? Like, yeah. directly from Spain. And uh, we're working, we were working in the oil fields together. And um, it was really muddy. It was just, it was a day after it had just gotten done uh, snowing in the winter. So there was a ton of mud everywhere. And um, he was carrying something heavy. And I told him, hey, watch out behind you. There's some mud behind you, which in Spanish, in my Spanish, it's called soquete. Yeah. Right. And he's like, what'd you call me? And I said, what? And he goes, you know what that means in Spain, right? And I go, no, what does it mean? And he goes, that means homosexual. You know what I mean? And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I know. I was like, no, for us, that means 
mud. Like, that's not what I was calling you, bro. I was trying to tell you, watch out for the mud behind you. <laughs> and he's like, he just started laughing. He's like, I know, man. He's like, it's just like a, there's a difference between my Spanish and your Spanish. And that's one of them. And I was like, yeah, dude, that's, so that's crazy. And then not just that, but the, I've also met uh, people that are Cuban and there's a similar kind of Puerto Rico, but it, they have like that. They have like a, a way of, of speaking. That's it's totally way different than, than the other Spanish speaking countries. Yeah, it is. It's very different. Yeah. Like the different dialects in Spanish. It's amazing. It's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so when, when you first went into the Air Force, what was the biggest difference you you had to um, go through between being a civilian, right, and being actually in the Air Force? The biggest transition was the first, I think the first year, year and a the first year and a half to two years, I think it's just a, a huge culture shock in a sense. Um, because you're away from everybody, you know, you're away from everybody you knew. Right. Um, so that was big. The first year and a half was, um, it does take an adjustment, you know, because unfortunately, like, um, the way of life is just, you know, it's just fast paced. So you like really like quickly, you're just into the routine of like what you do and all that. But the, I think the most part is being homesick for the first part of time, you know, while you're going through boot camp, um, from there, you usually go to your week, the air force calls it your tech school for your training. And right. after that, and then once you get to your first base, it's just getting used to like, you know, from that, that point on, it, it just becomes like an everyday job. You know, you know what time you need to be at, you know, your squadron for work and, and then you're off and you just follow the guidelines that you have. But other than that, it's just, just like work, you know, you, you know, you got to be at work every day. So you're there for your shift and then you're off and you're free to do what you want. And just be at your designated times when you're needed. Oh, okay. Okay, I, I got you. the first part um, for everybody is being homesick because, you know, you have no family. And for the first, you know, six months or so, you know, you can't call them when you want. You know, it's when you, you know, when you get that chance to do so. So that part is hard for a lot of people, especially since, you know, you know, for us in Mexican culture, you know, family is a big thing, you know what I mean? And then you're missing, right, right. you know, all the family stuff and all that. So that's hard for a lot of people in the beginning. Okay. Okay. I got you. Let me ask you something because it just kind of popped up to, into my head. This is kind of off track in a little bit. I'll get back on track. But so me and my friend were having a discussion a while back about eating pozole, right? Right. And I told him, I go, we add avocado into our pozole. Now, do you do that? I do. See, that, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I think, because he said, he's, he, he told me, he goes, I think that's just a poor Lupton thing because that's where I'm from. He's like, he's like, I think that that thing is just a poor Lupton thing because I've never heard of that. And I, and I go, no, man, I swear a lot of people do it. I don't know. <laughs> no, yeah, a lot of people do do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I, I see, now you, I got another person on my yes. side this is i'm just building this up against him you know yes. oh, yeah there's another one <laughs> um okay so uh thank you for that i apologize for sidetracking oh, no, no <laughs> um so in the um in the air force i, I wanted to get, kind of get into this did, did kind of um people knowing that you were of of you know mexican descent and stuff like that did it kind of 
did you, people ever see you like in a different type of way or anything like you ever experienced anything like that? You know, I didn't. Um, I think I was lucky in the fact that um, all the places I went to, you know, there was a there was a lot of diversity. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I never really felt anything, you know, along those lines. Did I'm just asking because of the whole thing that's going on right now, right? Yeah. Um. So I was I was just wondering if 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 it was I mean obviously you don't speak for everybody because that's just your experience. I'm sure I mean other people have other experiences. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I I was just wondering because I mean Jesus man that 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 whole story that came out was just horrible and and I, obviously stuff like that has been going on forever. Right. But uh, it's actually it's actually coming out into into the public now with more um, technology being available to everybody to, you know, put their stuff out there. Um, so that was, that was the only reason why I asked. I just yeah, needed to no, know, you me, know, personally, my experience in the military, I really didn't um, go through anything of like that. Um, I mean, I've had personal experience outside of that where I have experienced, you know, forms of racism and things like that. Um, and like you say, like before, you know, it's something that's been going on for centuries and, you know, now it's just more publicized, you know, through the social medias, you can get through a lot of people faster, you know? Right. And raise right, right. And like you, of those issues. Right. Right. And, and like you said, I, I've also experienced it for myself too. Um, maybe not as much as other people, um, but I have, and, uh, I think it's, it's disgusting. I think it's a disgusting thing. Um, I think it's, just basically um ignorance you it know? is you know that, that's definitely my a lot of ignorance you know and if you think of most people who behave in that sense you know their world is to me very small you know they've only exactly they're kind of people that have that share that same mentality um which are people who aren't exposed you know to dealing with other people maybe of other races and realize that in the end of the day, you know, we're all the same, you know, we might be different colors, but you know, we're people. Exactly. 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 My point. That's, that's awesome that you just said that. Um, I, I have, when I was younger, I had this, this crazy mentality coming from just, uh, the certain people that I was hanging around and stuff like that. But the older I got, I was just like, Jesus, like, is this really like, I started, I, I've always been one to hang out with, different people right? right outside of my own race and stuff like that um but there came a point in my life where some of the people that i was hanging out with were just kind of putting this stuff in my head and i was like yeah that is true but since i've always got to hang out with different types of people i was like this is ridiculous what, what you're saying is ridiculous because i know these people and they're awesome like i don't know what you're talking about you know what i mean no it is you know so, a lot of people and i think even without experience it sometimes you know as depending on your culture, you get stuck in certain mindsets. Right. You know, that might exactly. keep you in, you know, kind of like your bubble for a lack of better term that I can come up with. Because for me, like right. when I first thought of joining um, the Air Force, you know, my dad, he was just like, guess mas para las mujeres. You know, yeah. that's not for, yeah. you know, girls don't do that and this and that. And I'm like, there's girls doing it all the time. Like, what's the difference with me? Like, you know yeah and even when yep. when i chose the career field that i chose into you know he was like that's a man's job and and it you know in 
if we're still looking at numbers, even in today, it is predominantly a male career field. I think right now we're mm-hmm. maybe at 25% female, which is still, you know, fairly small. Right. But, you know, a lot but... of people get stuck in that mindset because I remember when my um, mentor, when he was just like, what about our traffic? And I was like, I can't do that. And he was like, why not? And I was just like, well, I'm Mexican and I'm a female. And he was like, where does it say that you can't be an air traffic controller, being a female and being Mexican? And I was just like, well, nowhere, but I had never heard of anybody doing right. that, you know? And that was, right, right. you know, I was not, I mean, I was naive back then, you know what I mean? Where I had also gotten in my head, like, you know, well, we can't do that. Right. No, one no and that, that's that, awesome. But like, I, I mean, like, for whatever reason, I felt that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. It's awesome to hear that, that you actually took that initiative though, because a lot of people need to listen to this because I, unfortunately a lot of the, the way that a lot of us grow up um, and I'm not just talking about Mexican, but different ethnicities and, and stuff like that. We kind of get it. And it's sad. We kind of, they kind of get it in our hair that you can't do that. Oh, you can't do that. Why? Because you're this or you're that, you know what I mean? Yeah. We- and it's, it's, it's a whole opposite thing, you know, like, take that initiative and actually try it for yourself. And then you'll find out if you really, if that's really for you or, or if it's not, don't just say, Hey, just because there's not very many, many Mexican people doing this or very many people of this, you know, whatever doing it doesn't mean that you can't do it. Try it, give it a, give it a try and then see if it's for you, you know? And absolutely. You know, like you said, it's just taking that initiative and trying it out. And a lot of time it's the fear, you know, you don't know what to expect or maybe you don't have any, you know, because like, I guess like as first instinct, you go to your family members, you know, for guidance and stuff like that. But when you have nobody right. in your family group that can guide you on a path that you want to take, that's, you know, new, like, you know, you need afraid of finding that mentor because I can guarantee for anybody out there who has a dream or, you know, something that they want to look into, but they don't know exactly how. I mean, reach out to these people, you know what I mean, that are in these professions and ask if you can share them or give, have them give you their story. And you'd be surprised, you know, so many people are willing to help the younger generations to come into these positions, you know, because it takes awareness. And everybody right. that you have that, you have that chance, you know, you just got to take it and like, you know, go with it and go through the process. Right, right. And you know what? Um, I'm kind of in that stage right now. I'm an electrician by trade. I'm not saying um, I love it. I love it. But um, I think it's come time for a change. And I'm actually looking for that transition. And um, I'll tell you right now, it's, it's when I think about it, it's kind of uh, I get a little nervous, but it's not like it's not. I never look at anything anymore. When I was younger, I used to get like super like nervous and be like, oh, how am I going to do this? But now I'm like, you can do it, man, because I've. I've over I've overcame a lot of things and um thankfully and um just for a little example would be this podcast. I was kinda I would always kinda stick to myself and wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't want to talk to anybody, just you know, I was just sticking to myself. And um doing this podcast and talking to different people and stuff like that, it might not be a big deal to to another person, but to me it is. You know what I mean? So that's, it's, 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 it's a growth. It's a growth. It is. And as long as, you know, you're willing to grow, you know what I mean? The opportunities are endless. Right. Exactly. 
exactly. Okay, so I want to give you some time to um, give your uh, social media and whatever uh, other awarenesses you want to bring to people. Would you, would you mind right now? Um, no, not at all. If you want to follow me on Instagram, my Instagram is um, care with a K underscore living. Um, that's my Instagram. And on Facebook, I'm under Kathy F. Flor- um, Garcia. And that's how you can find me on those two mediums. That's pretty much all I have as far as the social media goes. Okay. But Sweet. yeah, I mean, you're more than welcome to, you know, add me, follow me and, you know, reach out. Also, if you have questions, if you're interested in the aviation field, I have a lot of resources for different avenues. If people want to try and have a lot of connections. Um, and yeah, you know, and if anything, you know, just, you know, reach out and the resources are there. Kathy, I really, I really want to thank you for this. Uh, to me, this means a ton. Um, especially for you trying to help everybody like you said like you just mentioned that anybody could reach you if they're interested in this kind of stuff Um, I'm pretty sure a lot of people that are listening are going to be really thankful also Uh, you did a great job thank you thank you I really appreciate you being on here well thanks for having me I hope we can do part two whenever you're free again and uh, we'll keep on uh, going with this uh, chat that we're having yes absolutely I'll look forward to it Thank you, Kathy. You have a good one now, okay? Thanks. You too. Bye. Thank y'all for listening. I really do appreciate it. Feel free to leave me some uh, feedback, whether it be on my email or uh, by leaving me voice messages. Each episode has a link where you can leave a voice message. And if you want to reach me through my email, it is abstractjmir, which is the word abstract, followed by jmir at gmail.com. So leave me some feedback. I'd really appreciate it. Um, I'll I'll choose some of the best voice messages, and I'll put them on the next episode, and I'll give you all a shout out. So go ahead and leave uh, some uh, feedback, please. It'd be really, really greatly appreciated. So thank you all. I want to thank each and every one of my guests that I've had before and each one of my listeners. I really do appreciate it. Y'all are the real ones. Um, Like always, love, peace, and respect. I want everybody to be safe and everybody stay up. Peace, y'all. I imagine more Not settled it would be flabbergasting for sure And sure it would be great I'm not knowing it's too late That's why I keep pressing I know there is a lot who can relate Grab the most vital put it in a safe Make sure it wouldn't break Sign the relief Even though power doesn't always bring peace Must calm down and take a seat Power doesn't always bring peace Power doesn't always bring peace Power doesn't always bring peace Yeah Power doesn't always Power doesn't always bring peace Power doesn't always bring peace, yeah